right now for me running is um it's a psychological necessity i love it i do it every day sorry i do it you know i exercise every day i do it running multiple times a week but i don't want to have to do it to train for something i don't want to have to do you know certain distances or certain time i want to be able to fit it in where i can so. more you run more for pleasure than for uh, training absolutely yeah Welcome to the Happy Feet Podcast. I'm your host, Dave McMillan. I'm here with my co-host, Cam Ultratois. Hello, Dave. And this week's guest is Sarah Cook. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. So the first question we've been asking everyone in all these podcasts is, when your last, when was your last run? Well, just about an hour ago, oh, actually. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I just got home from a run. Nice. Where, where'd you go? I ran through the trails in Tin Can Hill, um, okay. and then up around um, behind the middle school, and then back onto the front side of Frame Lake Trail, um, and then back to the Legislative Assembly, and then back home in Old Town. That's, that's a pretty nice route. How, yeah. how far was it? Um, it was 10.5, okay. although it felt like way longer in this <laughs> new snow. It was like running on a beach. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah, after like a good snow, it kind of is like running on sand. And yeah. I, I'm not a fan. <laughs> no, it was, um, and my husband, I was running with my husband, and he has much longer legs than I do, and that's when you really notice the difference, because the stride, when you don't have to take as many footsteps oh, in this yeah. big, deep snow, he can go a lot faster. So it was hard for me to keep up this morning. Oh. Um, so it was it was a slow run, but it was really beautiful, and it's finally warmer. So that's good. I, I got pretty excited this week when I actually saw bare pavement and sidewalk, and, <laughs> and I was like, "All right, day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one day." It is April. That's true. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I guess we'll jump right into it. I guess uh, a few weeks ago, you completed an endurance challenge. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that, or what? Sure. Uh, how that? How was that set up, or how did that come to be, or just tell us everything? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, so I, I actually heard about it through running friends in Yellowknife. It was uh, on Facebook. I think it might have been someone in the Yellowknife running group on Facebook that maybe found it. It was um, uh, an event called the Interval uh, Ultra through the Interval Ultra Academy, I think. And anyway, it's through one of the Scandinavian countries, and they posted this event. It was completely free. Anyone in the world could sign up, and it was basically just a, uh, creating a community of people doing an event at the same time all over the world. Um, and so some people in Yellowknife started talking about doing this, um, and uh, my f- friend Clorinda, who I run with a lot, decided she wanted to do it and roped me into it, and, and then we signed up and did it. And I've, I've never done um, an ultra before. This was an interval ultra, so uh, it's kind of a good you know, entry level uh, approach to okay. doing an ultra. How does, how does that work with the hmm. intervals? So this particular one was 10 kilometers every three hours. So, okay. um, and, it, and the, the full event was 24 hours. We couldn't do the full event uh, because we had other obligations with our children. <laughs> so we chose uh, to do part of the, the full event. We did five intervals. So, um, so you run 10 kilometers um, and then depending on how fast you run it, you get rest. So if you run it really fast, you get more rest. If you run it really slow, then you get less rest. Um, Or I suppose you could even walk it probably. Um, But for us, we ran it um, close to probably, you know, our kind of normal social running pace. And so um, ran each interval in about an hour and then had two hours to rest. Okay. That's, 
you said ten or five intervals. So but we did five intervals. You did fifty kilometers total. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over. Over th- so that was twelve th- hours okay. essentially. Yeah. Wow. Thirteen hours. I suppose by the time we did that one, it was thirteen hours. Yeah. That, well, yeah. What were some of the challenges that you encountered on that? Well, the biggest one was actually the weather. <laughs> yeah. It was just like this morning. It was. Uh, so three, it was three weeks ago today on a Friday, we had just a big snowstorm that night. Okay. And um, so we started the event at 1 p.m. And it was beautiful and warm. And we thought like, this is great. We're gonna have such a great, <laughs> a great event. And then as the, uh, the intervals progressed, it got windier and windier. We did our second interval on the ice road which we thought like, oh, this will be great. It's good. Oh, it was our third interval because we thought we'd get the sunset, you know, and beautiful skies, but no, it was super windy, super cold. Um, and then the fourth and fifth were in deep snow. And the fifth was at one o'clock in the morning and nothing, of course, there were no cars out, nothing was plowed. So we were just like running through like thick falling snow and thick snow on the ground. So that sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> but it was actually, it was amazing. We had various friends join us for all but the all but the last no one wanted to join the 1am um, okay I don't <laughs> interval with us but all of the other ones we had um people join and I was amazed at how easy it actually was to do it this way I've never run that far all at once um it, I've never run anywhere near that far and it didn't feel hard I felt like both of us felt like we could have kept going okay um we had to, we couldn't because of our kids and our ski races and things the next day, but uh, it was amazing. And I can't wait to try to go further and see how far we can go. Wow. Uh, yeah, I feel like the overnight park would get extremely challenging if you kept going after that, like running at 4 a.m. and then 7 a.m. Yeah. A lack of sleep. Were you able to get like rest in between or? Well, that was what was so great about it. I actually, the last two intervals, I actually got into the bath in between. It was amazing. <laughs> and so I, I got home and then I got, cause it was, you know, it was quite cold. So warmed up in a bath, read a book, had a snack. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, I feel like I haven't even gone running. And at this point, you know, I'd run 30, then 40 kilometers. And I was like, wow, I feel fantastic. Oh. I just had a eucalyptus bath. Wow. And so I was able to go again. So I just thought it was a really neat way to test your body. Um, and I think, you know, really with much lower risk of injury, um, I always worry about, you know, overuse injury and I've had, as Mm -hmm. all runners have, have had injuries in the past. So I was amazed again that doing it this way, that it just felt like you're getting enough recovery that then you can go again. Okay. Like even in one week, 50 kilometers would be a lot, uh, like, were you running around that per week or how, how much were you running previous to that? Yeah, we, well, I we certainly um, did not specifically train for this okay. <laughs> well, because we didn't have time. Um, so, you know, typically in a week, like right now, so I exercise every single day, but I don't run every day. I do a lot of different activities. And so um, I typically run three to four times a week. So I'm probably, you know, that would average between kind of eight and 15 kilometers. So depends on the week, but um, no, I'm probably not. Like most weeks, in the winter at least, I might not be getting up to 50 in the summer, I run more for sure. So yeah, that may be getting close, but yeah, no, this was definitely a lot of kilometers in a short period of time, Okay. but the recovery was even really fast. Um, I went running again a couple of days later and, and was fine. It felt really different than doing even, even doing a half marathon, um, where, you know, you feel sore for a few days mm-hmm. after I, I felt like the recovery from this was even faster than that. It was quite interesting. Yeah. Wow. How, how, how many people were doing that event? 
Uh, I don't know how many worldwide. I, I guess I could have looked in the Facebook group. I think, um, yeah, I know, I'm not sure. But in Yellowknife, there were a handful of people. Um, we had hoped that people would do it together, but then people kind of wanted to be close to their own homes. Because I think the thing about doing an interval ultra is that you want to be able to get home and rest rather than kind of like driving, meeting, yeah. running, and then driving home. So so we kind of were connecting on Facebook and people were doing um, you know their intervals separately. But there were probably, I don't know, six or seven people in Yellowknife maybe that were doing it. I saw you on one of the intervals, I'm pretty sure. I did the first one, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I, did, I wasn't part of it, but uh, right. I did it with Aaron. You were supporting, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there was one person in Yellowknife who did the full 80. Was it Aaron? I can't remember no. who it was. it was. It was Amy. Amy, okay, who, yeah, did the full, so the full event was 80, so eight intervals. That's really impressive. And she did the, the last few on her treadmill uh, because of the, the, the deep snow. Oh, okay. But, um, but she, that was amazing, and it was really neat with this Facebook or the messenger group, everybody just really encouraging her through it. And she did those, what got up at 4 a.m. and 7 a.m. And wow. she did it. Yeah. I, I didn't know about the event during the day and I was driving around. I saw one person and out running and noticed them again, out running later in the day. I was like, wow, that person's really on the ball. <laughs> they must be really motivated. We got some <laughs> very interesting looks at that 1 a.m. interval. The only people that were out driving were cabs. Um, but there were a lot of cabs driving, and um, yeah, I think people thought it quite strange. And we were obviously like runners. We weren't just people that were running. We had all of our gear on and our lights, and so I think it was quite strange okay. to see like these, you know, runners at 1 a.m. Would you like ever do something like that again? Or? I really want to do it again. Okay. We were trying to actually figure out whether we could plan to do the same type of thing in that the multi-sport event that's happening in June. Um, that is, I think it's a 24-hour kind of run as far as you can event. Yeah, yeah. This uh, we have the organizer <laughs> Are you right the here. The organizer? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we were kind of th thinking through. Anyway, I happened to be. Uh, on call that day working at the hospital oh, so oh. I can't do it during that but then I saw a post that you can actually do it anytime yeah because yeah. it's a virtual event well you can do it in the virtual one and, and then you would just do it sort of from your own uh, your own setup yeah so yeah. and we could do it like earlier we might do it earlier in the month then yeah yeah so we're looking at that as an option to try to see whether we can Push ourselves I, I have considered this theory too, the doing my strategy yeah. for that because I'm going to do the 24. Okay. And I considered this, do a certain amount every three hours and yeah, take a break. It it would work. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I think it I, and the, this Interval Ultra Academy organization that put this one on that they have some information on their website and that's exactly the the theory that this is the way that you can kind of get into. Um, I guess, pushing your body a bit into those ultra distances and seeing how it feels or even using it to train. Okay. Um, so that's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting approach. And I, I'd be very interested in doing an actual ultra someday, but I really am not interested in injuring myself. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it would take a lot of training and time to get to that point and to, just to do it all in one go. Cause mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot of potential injuries there and yeah. Yeah. And a lot a lot of time required to, to train. And mm -hmm. I think for me I, I have three kids and I work full time and it's just it, right now for me running is um it's a psychological necessity. I love it. I do it every day. Uh, sorry, I do it you know, I exercise every day. I do it running multiple times a week, but I don't want to have to do it to train for something. I don't want to have to do, mm -hmm. you know, certain distances or certain time. I want to be able to fit it in where I can. So more you run more for pleasure than for 
uh, training. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I never did it like that. <laughs> I'm always doing it, but always been for training. Oh, if I didn't have a plan, I don't know if I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Yeah. It is interesting the different psychology every runner has. Yeah. I need somebody to tell me this is what I do and okay. go out and do it. I find those are some of the best runs. So when you just go out without knowing where you're going to go, and you just end up doing however yeah. far you go, you go. Yeah. Do you yeah. just run without recording it? It's an interesting question. <laughs> so I used to, most of my life I didn't record. And I kind of, so now I do. I have a, you know, a Garmin Forerunner that, you know, tracks my distance. And I don't, it's like once you start, it's hard to stop. Yeah. But I actually, I'm a little bit nostalgic about those days when we didn't track things kind of nice <laughs> yeah and you know my my kids um my my oldest is 14 and she's very athletic and she has never known that I feel like as soon as she got into um doing longer distances and training with the high performance ski team like all of them wear and track everything and so I often tell her like just just go for a run for fun yeah. and they, they, it's like a foreign concept <laughs> everything is tracked so uh, you know, that I guess is a little bit, I feel like that's a bit unfortunate because I really, I love the idea of just going um, and not listening to anything either. I used to run without listening to anything and I would just really get into my own thoughts and found it really uh, therapeutic. And yeah. I think we've all, I don't know, with, you know we, we all have shorter attention spans, I think. And, um, so I find, yeah, now I track things and I listen to things. And, and so it's a little bit maybe, it's more productive, but maybe less rejuvenating. I can yeah. see that, yeah. Yeah, some of the best friends are just running and chatting with friends and... Yeah. yeah. They'll record it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was it if you don't take a picture at the end, it didn't happen? Oh, yeah, that's the, <laughs> yeah. the theory of the running group. Oh, really? <laughs> it didn't really? happen if there's no picture. Oh. <laughs> Proof that people were there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Have, so have you always been a runner or uh, to take it off at a certain point or...? Well, I remember... Um, I remember my first real run being really a negative experience oh, actually no. <laughs> I was a I was probably 13 or 14 I mean, maybe I was a bit younger I can't remember exactly but one of my my mother's friends thought I would really love running and so said okay we're gonna go out for a run together and I I went with her and she was trying to be super encouraging but um we only went three kilometers and I like died and I thought I was in shape I, I was like a competitive swimmer but you know, you can't transfer these things to different sports sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I tried running and I was just, um, like I couldn't breathe and it was awful. And she got to the end and she's like, but that was nothing. That was only three kilometers. And I was like, ah, that was nothing. Okay, I'll never be a runner. But I think something happened with after she said that. I was like, oh my gosh, now I have to figure out how, to, how I can do this. And so then I started running on my own and gradually built up. Um, and so I was never, you know, a competitive runner or anything. It was always really for pleasure. Um, okay. And I think I didn't do my first, I did small events, I think in high school, like five and 10 Ks. And then I did my first half in university and, um, yeah. And then really discovered the, how great it is for, uh, kind of like, you know, stress management and, um, psychological health. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, personally, I found like when I was going to school, like especially during exams or that, there's nothing better than just going for a run yes. after long hours of studying or that. And yeah. just relieved all the stress. Well, not all the stress, but yeah. <laughs> it helped. Absolutely. It's it, funny how a run can be relaxing, eh? Yes, <laughs> it really is. And in fact, I, you know, I, um, 
so my, my job is I work as a family doctor and I do, I deliver lots of babies. So I do a lot of call and I do a lot of overnight shifts. And often if I am very sleep deprived um, and I have to make a decision, like, do I go to sleep and then not have any exercise or do I exercise? I'll often choose exercise because it actually, for me, is so important for mental health and relaxation. And it was the same going through medical school, lots of sleep deprivation, but running was a real, um, a real savior for, for kind of getting through that and making sure that I, I stayed well. Um, so yeah, but I think it's been really, really important for me for my mental health. Uh, can, we, can we talk about, I guess, races? Have, have you done many like uh, local races or races uh, events uh, outside of Yellowknife or do you, yeah. have, do you got any favorites or yeah sure I, I so again I'm, like, I'm not I'm not a I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a racer I'm not a oh. um you know a, a, like a competitive runner but I love doing events so I've done I've done lots of half marathons because that's my favorite distance um in lots of different places so it, it is always a bonus if you are in a different place and there happens to be a run. So I don't, I don't typically, you know, travel for a run, but I've done runs in lots of places because I've been there for other reasons. So I've done um, half marathons in Halifax several times, the Blue, Blue Nose Half Marathon. I've done them in Vancouver, of course in Yellowknife, <laughs> the Overlander uh, Half Marathon in San Francisco, in New Zealand. Um, that was my first one when I was going to university in New Zealand. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, probably other places I can't think of right now. Um, and I was, and I was telling you earlier, uh, Cam, the uh, first race that I did with my daughter was a 10 K in Slovenia a couple of years ago. And that was really amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, that was, that was, would have been her first race. Her first yeah. race. How did yeah. she find it? Was it like similar to your first three K or? No, no. <laughs> so, um, no, that was, uh, I guess she's much more fit than I was when I did my first run, and she had already been running. Um, but this was, I, I think, her. It was no, it was definitely her first 10k, and it was a trail race. So it was actually a big outdoor festival in Slovenia. Oh, nice! Oh, it was amazing, and there's such a culture of outdoor sport there. Um, and so there are lots of these outdoor festivals where it'd be several days, and they'll have lots of different events. And so this event. It had multiple different um, lengths, including an ultra. So there were some amazing runners there and it was all trail um, through mountains and beautiful. So we did the 10K um, and it was it was just really great to be able to run together. Um, but it was our one and maybe only uh, event that we'll do together because she quickly surpassed me oh. in speed. <laughs> and um, so we were traveling that year um, uh, as a family and we, we ran in lots of different places together. Uh, and then when we got back, she joined the high performance ski team and then just oh. took off <laughs> with her fitness level. Um, you know, that, that group, they train <laughs> a lot, um, running in the summer and skiing yeah. the rest of the year. And so she won't run with me anymore. <laughs> Maybe someday she'll, she'll slow down again for me, but. And you're um, not a slow runner. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I guess I, but I'm, I'm also, yes, I'm. <laughs> Maybe not slow, but I'm not. I'm not super fast either. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, she's definitely faster than me. So. <laughs> I looked at some of your uh, your runs when you were on on your trip, and boy, would I have liked to seen pictures of some of those routes up yeah. mountains and like the elevations you were dealing with were yeah. really big. Yes. What's your favorite, uh, other than maybe the run with your daughter? But what was yeah. one of the favorite places that you ran? Definitely a place called Barichara in Colombia. Um, 
And it was partly where we were, and it was partly, I think, the situation. So we, um, this, we, we took a year of, uh, as many people in Yellowknife have the opportunity to do when you work um, in government settings and have the option to do deferred salary. So we did this deferred salary year. We um, went for a year, traveled with our kids, and one of our, one of our goals was language acquisition. So we went to Columbia. It was the first place we went, and we went to this really rural, tiny town and put our kids into a school. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> and and um, it was it was quite the experience for them. But we we literally landed. We'd chosen this place kind of randomly, um, went there, and then just and, and hardly anyone spoke any English at this school. They didn't speak English, and we were like, "Well, this is a great way to learn Spanish. We're just going to drop you off at this alternative school outside this tiny little town, and you're going to learn Spanish." And so we dropped them off every day, and then my husband and I just got to go for these great runs. And um, I think that was the best. It was this combination of um, this amazing scenery, but that we also just had this time because we had both been working so hard in Yellowknife before we left. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh my gosh, we are not working, and our kids are in a school, and we're going to go for these runs. And so we would just set off on these trails um, through mountains and, um, and got lost a number of times and, and just ran. And it was, uh, it was amazing and spectacular. And then we would finish off with amazing coffee. And <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was quite awesome. Is it really better um, there, the coffee? Actually, interestingly, um, all of the good coffee in Columbia gets exported. Really? Yeah. So it's actually really hard to get good coffee in Colombia. Interesting. There's, yeah, um, we were quite surprised by that. If you go to kind of like, you know, really nice coffee shops that cater to mm -hmm. visitors, you'll get good coffee. But the, the local coffee culture is not one of high quality coffee. Mm -hmm. So, but everybody drinks it, including the kids. Okay. Um, oh. My kids thought that was really interesting. Yeah. You're like, well, we should be drinking coffee too. <laughs> I couldn't quite get used to that. <laughs> Do they drink coffee now? No. <laughs> no. And the kids, they were drinking it black, too. And so we were like, oh, sure, if you want to drink it black. But no, they didn't like that either. <laughs> so, um, and there were lots of other kind of great places to run to. We, um, we ran quite a lot in uh, Ecuador and uh, Chile and Argentina as well. So lots of South American running. Were you doing any high-altitude stuff in Ecuador to see what that was like? I know that they... they you can go from sea to yeah. uncomfortable very quick. We were not running. Actually, well, we did a, we did a couple um, at high altitude where we had gone up to do some hikes. Mm -hmm. um, and you were supposed to acclimatize for these hikes. And we, we didn't exactly. And so we, we kind of thought we would acclimatize by doing one of like the, the trails at medium altitude, but running it. <laughs> so oh, we yeah. did that with our kids. And, and that was kind of interesting. Actually, the place that had the highest altitude we were was in Bolivia. Crossing from Bolivia into Chile over the border, um, so that kind of like the bottom left-hand corner of Bolivia, there's um, a huge area called the Uyuni Salt Flats, and so we we had crossed over the salt flats um, in kind of over several days in a jeep at very very high altitude, and then the pass that um, you have to go over where the border is, I can't remember the elevation, but it's one of the highest elevation borders in the entire world. And we had to wait there for many, many hours to get past this pass. And so we, for fun, we were having running races oh. and playing soccer <laughs> and like with this huge group of all the cars that were waiting to get uh, across. And so that was a really fun experience. Oh. And like, what <laughs> did you feel notice like? a difference? Though? Oh my gosh. It was, yeah, huge difference. <laughs> it was, it was like, it was quite fun actually to like see the <laughs> difference in your body. Yeah. You could just hardly run. 
um, without gasping for air. I, I think if you spend enough time there, you'll acclimatize, but, but we weren't. So that was a really interesting experience. And then the next day we, we crossed into Chile and then, um, went straight back down to, to, to the, to the ocean actually. So the the next two days later we were at the beach. (laughs) So it was, it was quite the bodily experience. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun to try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a really neat idea to to see that. Yeah. Just to see what it's like. Yeah. Because you hear about it, but we're, what, 25 meters above sea level That's here? Right. It's, it's nothing. That's right. So even going yeah. to Calgary is a little bit of a, a struggle on a run from here. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> you forget that when you go to different places and you're like, why am I having such a hard time? Yeah. And that is, it's often the elevation. But we have other challenges here. You know, I think the big one is the, the cold. And so the, the challenge of running at cold temperatures, I think, feels in many ways similar to the challenge of running at high altitude. Yeah. Do, do you mind running in the cold in the winter? Or? I, I haven't in the past. I kind of feel like with time, I'm wondering if it's bothering me more. Do you, do you have like a cutoff or you stop running or Well, I, I never I used to. to. Um, but then one year I got a frostbite under my eyes and like this, you know, the thin skin right under your eyes. Oh. Um, and then I, then I stopped running below minus 50 with the wind chill. Oh, I was like, it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I still run, but I have to wear goggles, Okay. but really it's not healthy, you know? And I think there's, there's controversy over that, over this and people have different schools of thought on cold lung injury, but there is some evidence to suggest that we shouldn't be running or exerting ourselves, um, significantly at those temperatures. And that's why there are cold temperature cutoffs for, you know, kids for sporting events and things. I think everyone's body's different and some people have mm-hmm. bodies that are more sensitive, but I do often and think about that. I, <laughs> and especially after like a hard workout in the colds, like it, you almost get like a bit of a cough. Yeah. Like for the day, uh, 24 hours afterward. Yeah. And yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's long lasting or if that's well, <laughs> just temporary. Well, I was just reading an article actually out of the University of Alberta about some of the evolving evidence on cold lung injury and the, the long-term effect, irreversible effects that it can have. Oh, no. <laughs> but I, again, like I, I think there's, there's still controversy over this. Okay. Um, and I think, again, some people are prone to it, and whereas others are less prone. But I think it's something to pay attention to, (laughs) but I just love running outside so much. Like I I just can't, I can't stand running, um, inside. No treadmills for you. No treadmills, no field house. (laughs) I I just love being outside. So if I, I guess if I can't run, then I will just choose a different activity. Do do you got a preference like trail over road or like trail? Yeah. I love trail. Today was mostly road mostly because there's just so much snow. So days like today I'll go on. Actually, I mean, I guess there's so much snow, it's kind of like a trail anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, if I could choose um, any day, I would choose trail. That's yeah. one of my favorite things about the frame uh, like trail is in the winter, it's easier to run because yeah. uh, all those steps and yeah. rocks just get filled in with snow and beaten yes. down and it's a much smoother <laughs> path. And you can add on all of those trails between there and Jackfish Lake. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, it's such a nice trail there's network. A lot of different routes you can take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, there's, I hardly might run into like one or two people out there, but there's, the, the paths are so beaten down there. You just know there's lots of people going through there and yeah, it's well used. It's so great that there are so many people that are active here. Yeah. And I think, um, it'd be interesting to know the numbers and what's happened during the pandemic, but, um, 
it seems that more people, certainly more people are skiing. We saw that with the numbers in the Loppet last week, you know, highest numbers ever. And the number mm -hmm. of kids that are registered in ski programs is huge. There are just so many people, I think, that are really enjoying being outside. So and, it's great. And now with the multi-sport this past summer, a lot of our events were virtual, but the, the numbers we had from those were uh, more substantial than in-person yeah. events in previous years. So that's great. Yeah, yeah, people, I guess people are looking for something to do or some way to remain active. And yeah. We had the captive audience. Yeah, yeah, I guess right. we did. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Yeah. I hope that's going to continue. I hope that'll be one of the pandemic silver linings that we, um, that people will have discovered uh, mm -hmm. in a love of fitness did, and outdoors and continue. Did you find a challenge, did you find it challenging this past year, I guess, uh, well, with gyms being closed and... Uh, being less able to go with people or for activities? Well, I think, I guess for me, the, because running is my favorite thing, running and skiing are my favorite things to do. I didn't feel like, uh, I, I, I don't tend to go to gyms, so I, that didn't have an impact on me personally, although I know it had a lot, an impact on a lot of other people. Um, so I, you know, I didn't find it difficult to, to stay active. Um, Certainly at the beginning it changed when we were very, being all being very, very cautious and not able to run with other people. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I still was doing it. And I was, I, I didn't have the experience during the pandemic that others had of um, maybe things slowing down or working from home. My job became extremely busy because I became the operational lead for the pandemic um, overnight. And uh, and that continued through until November when I um, I, completed my term as the medical director for the territory. And so that was not part of my job description, being <laughs> the operational I, lead. For I don't know where you found time to run. <laughs> well, I, but again, it was kind of, I suppose, the same experience as, as in medical school. Like I found time to run because that's how you, you get through and how yeah. you process and how you um, remain optimistic and, and, and how you improve your sleep quality. And um, I also spent a lot of time in my job as a family doctor talking to other people about the benefits of exercise. So people come in talking to me about um, anxiety, mood disorders, insomnia. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about the importance and the value of exercise and how much that can do for the quality of your sleep and your mood and your, your resilience and ability to deal with things. So yeah. Yeah. So you have to practice what you preach. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So with this 50 kilometers being your, your longest one you've done, what was the previous longest one that you've done? 30? 30? Yeah. I've never even run a marathon, and it's not because I don't want to. Um, it's, I think, because of how busy things have been um, with, you know, just having young kids and uh, just not having the time. I feel like half marathon is the kind of thing you can go, I can go out and run it. I don't have to particularly you know train um for long periods of time whereas I feel like to do a marathon without injuring myself I need to put the time in and I haven't just been able to do that I'll run one um sometime but um but yeah I've just done a lot of half marathons and then probably the longest run that I'd done other than that was a 30 kind of 30 ish was that kilometer just run. on your own or yeah I've done it a few times over the years I've just not not as part of an event but just on my okay. own with friends um but I really would like to go further. I, I would love to do um, an interval ultra somewhere different too. Like I think it'd be really neat to to do it in you know in, in mountains, like on trails. It's something 
uh, to kind of push yourself in a different type of train as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fun thing about that is you could do it wherever you want. Yeah. You just need to have uh, some people to help you out. Yes, yeah. And um, some food, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it does for sure make a difference, I think, for me to do it with someone else. I think even yeah. though I was just running it with one other person, well, there was a group of people in Yellowknife doing it kind of virtually, but I was physically doing it with one other person. And it, it definitely made a difference in terms of accountability. Like, we are showing up here at this time, <laughs> even if you don't feel like it. Um, so I would, I would do it that way again. I think I would have more motivation than doing it completely by myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, I, I, one question I have about that is, did you find with fresh people coming in with you guys that it, it really motivated you? Or were you just sort of like... Yeah, it did. And then there were new people to talk to about new things. Because <laughs> that's a lot of hours, you know, yeah. just you know, being with the same person, talking about things. So uh, definitely that made a difference. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I would definitely love to do it that way too. If you had new people coming in every 10K, it would be great. Yeah. In fact, you guys, you, you should do it and then interview someone every 10K. Yeah. Be a great way <laughs> we'll do, do it. a live interview. Do your, yeah, your like live podcast yeah. during an event. <laughs> I had some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Logistics might be challenging. <laughs> we'll, we'll chat after. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, cool. What's, uh, so I got to ask, like, you, uh, when you did do that event, 50K, did you have like a, what was your celebration? Did you, did you have like a celebratory meal or coffee or drink or <laughs> what's, uh, what was, uh... did you get a reward for it? <laughs> I wish I could say yes. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't, no, no, we probably should have thought of a way to, um, to celebrate that, but it was kind of the kind of thing like, oh, we finished it. That's great. And then can I just get a little bit of sleep and then let's get up and we're going to, we have to go to the ski races because we're volunteering all day at the ski races and, and, um, our kids are all skiing in it. And, um, so I think I, I can't even remember actually I probably was quite sleep deprived so I can't remember <laughs> what I ate that day but um I don't recall there being any particular oh, no. thing that we celebrated with um yeah but well, that's okay yeah <laughs> uh, sleep that was a good celebration yeah we slept for a few hours it always feels really good to sleep when you've you know d done a lot and been up for a while mm -hmm. it's it's always good I, I think I have a bit of a benefit too of, of being used to being up all night with my job that um, and that was probably part of it. You're kind of used like, to it. I was kind of used to it. I'm like, it's two o'clock. I'm going to bed after this fifth interval. But yeah, we probably could go again at four. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I know you're pretty active with the other types of sports and uh, exercise and that. And we, we asked this with a previous guest, but do you, do you find there's like any type of exercise that sort of complements running? Like, uh, I, I don't know if you do a bit of skiing is define that has like any benefit to running or if it's just I don't yeah I'm not sure that it has necessarily well other than the, the, the concept of just cross training mm -hmm. um if I were to think of a sport that would really complement I I do some weights like not you know not heavy weight lifting but I try to do weights several times per week I think that complements in terms of actually um increasing the you know muscle strength required to be able to to go faster and longer and also the core strength that's required to prevent injury so i think that um that certain types of weight training are really complementary in terms of, of making you a better runner um there's i know lots of different theories on stretching too my body is the kind of body that needs to stretch some people don't do, do you stretch but, after a run i do i do i don't stretch a lot but i do 
stretch. And I, I, I find it fascinating the different theories on this um, and that really polarizing. <laughs> Some people are, are not stretchers and don't believe in it at all and you know, there's no evidence for it. But even if there's no evidence for it, it makes a difference for my body. So I stretch and I try to do yoga once a week. Okay. So I find that complimentary. I have incredibly tight hamstrings as many runners do. Mm-hmm. And so that, that helps a bit. Um, skiing, I, I think, I'm not sure that the action of skiing necessarily would make you a better runner in terms of the muscle development, but I think it's just really important that it, it maintains your cardiovascular fitness and is a different activity that's, that's, that's not the pounding that you get with running. So mm-hmm. I think, no, not running every day. I mean, if I were to run every day, I would for sure get an injury. I'm, I think I need to be able to do other things. And swimming, in the times when we could swim more easily, I used to swim on a regular basis too. So just trying to keep you know full body fitness. Um, I also love doing um, like high intensity interval training, oh, like yeah. cardio, like, like classes. Okay. Um, I don't go to gyms to do classes, but I, I like do lots of videos and actually trained to become a, an instructor um, over the last few years as oh, well, nice. just because I love it so much. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you have a class out there or are you going to have a class or? <laughs> well, um, interestingly, I, so I, I mean, the last year has been incredibly busy. So I finished, I had finished most of the, the training before the pandemic hit, but I hadn't finished through completely. Alberta? Uh, Alberta? This was Fitness. through ISSA, the International Sports Sports Something Academy. I can't remember what the second S stands for. Um, it's one of the big American organizations that you can get fitness certification through. So I did my, my personal training certification because that's the one that you need to do all of this. Okay. Um, and then I not I didn't have any plan to work as a personal trainer, but um, more because I'm really interested in the group <laughs> fitness training and, and because I'm so passionate about fitness and the impact on people's wellness. So with the, the kind of hope that someday I would have time to teach. And one of the inspirations for this was actually in Ecuador. Um, so I'll just tell you that story and I'll get back to your question oh, whether yeah, I'm teaching. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, so in Ecuador, I was just amazed by something we saw there in the parks. I think it's the most... Um, effective public health intervention I've ever seen. So in these parks in the city in Ecuador where we were living for a month, um, they had the city had arranged to have instructors in every park twice a day in the, in the early morning and after supper, um, teaching almost, it almost looks like Zumba. It was called bioterapia, which is like dance therapy. So it was like a high intensity dance workout. So big speakers set up in the parks, instructors, and then there would be people of all ages, all fitness levels coming out into these parks, hundreds of people. And, um, and so we came across this by chance. Um, and I was like, what is this? Like, this is amazing. (laughs) And like such high energy and so many different levels of fitness. It was, it was so great and then I, I, I looked into it more and then learned that this is like this is a program and it's it's a thing that people do and so many people go out to it. Sounds fun. <laughs> and free and like so accessible and it's not it doesn't have the barrier of going to a gym, it doesn't have mm-hmm. a barrier of like you have to wear certain clothes or you have to have a certain fitness level. And so I just thought this is amazing. If we could make fitness that accessible and fun, it wouldn't it be great. Um, and so that was kind of the inspiration to kind of to get trained as an instructor. And um, so I'm actually in conversation with the city right now about uh, doing uh, some free classes in June during um, participation month. Oh, cool. So we're just like working on setting that up. We'll see where it goes. But I I kind of have this this dream of like, you know, getting more people active and running is something that is, is, Mm -hmm. is, is a great thing for people to 
to get into fitness because it also, you know, doesn't require anything other than shoes. It's pretty easy to get into. Pretty easy, but it's still, I think, intimidating for some people and it's hard for some people's body types. And so mm -hmm. I think having different things out there that people can do that are accessible and free is it, really great. And it needs to be fun. Like, uh, to be fun. as much as I love running, it's <laughs> some people just really don't enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's so much out there to do that they can do to be active it's just yeah. finding your right thing yeah and exactly a way to move your body and ideally outdoors uh, there's a lot of research now on the benefit the additional benefits of exercising outdoors versus indoors okay. so time in nature people will call it um, there's a whole movement for prescribing nature um, because of the benefits of actually being out in green space uh, for, for your health so um, so that's, that's kind of like my passion is how do we get more people being active outside? So, so I'm hoping, hoping that's going to happen in the meantime, I have been instructing by zoom okay. with a, a group. So oh, there's cool. a really active group of, um, with other women physicians across Canada that, um, have a Facebook group of like a, it's like a fitness group. And so I've been teaching zoom classes of high intensity interval training for that group. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Kind of fun, but um, finding time is a little bit challenging too. Yeah, that's really exciting. Well, yeah. I I can't wait to take one part in one of your classes. Oh yeah, June. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I hope it's gonna happen. I'm for sure sure we'll get the word out. Yeah. Welcome, Sarah, to the uh, bonus round. We're gonna ask you ten rapid fire questions, and we'll see if you get stumped or if we get stumped. <laughs> okay. You either get all the points or none of the points. Oh boy. Are you ready? I feel nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready, Cam? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Okay. Dream race. Uh, ultra in, in the mountains, anywhere. Nice. Uh, your favorite place to run in town? Backside of Frame Lake Trail. What, uh, what do you have for race food? Usually peanut butter and banana. Nice. Post-race treat. <laughs> Usually peanut butter and banana too, actually. <laughs> and coffee. <laughs> Favorite sport other than running? Skiing, cross-country skiing. Skate skiing, specifically. <laughs> nice. Uh, winter running or summer running? Oh my gosh. I love them both. I couldn't pick. I'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> if all you could do is run on a treadmill, would you continue to run? Oh. <laughs> well, if I could do other things, I would actually do other things. So if I could do like, yeah, no. So no, I would do other sports because there are so many other great sports. Running on a treadmill, I just, I can't do it. Fair enough. <laughs> do, uh, do you got a favorite run song if you're listening to music? Mm, I don't usually listen to music, actually. I listen either, either I don't listen to anything um, and just think, or I listen to podcasts okay. like yours this morning. <laughs> All right. Do you take pictures on your runs? Only if I am in a new place or with a group, with friends. Okay, and, oh, uh, I'm going to get stumped. Uh, what's your running shoe right now? Or what I am what wearing a Solomon right now. It's a Solomon Trail. It's like a, yeah, it's a, it's a Solomon Trail shoe. I've actually never um, worn Trail shoes in the winter before it's like a winter trail shoe i've always just worn my regular shoes all winter long actually to find the grip helps or a little bit it was slippery today but yeah a bit yeah. nice yeah well, well, well this question oh 
I'm curious, non-medical official opinion, how long should you use your shoes for before you get a new pair? (laughs) I think until you start slipping. (laughs) Fair enough. We'll just uh, consult with the judges here. Yeah. All right. You got all the points. Oh, (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you very much for coming. This oh, is great having you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we'll, uh, we'll, can't wait to hear about your upcoming classes and <laughs> can't wait to hear about your upcoming ultra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks.